talks on psychoanalysis shares topics published in the IPA Society journals and Congress debates worldwide, brought to you in the voices of the original authors. We hope this window will allow you to experience the depth and breadth of psychoanalytic thought around the world. I am Gaetano Pellegrini and in this episode we listen to Manuela Utria Robles telling us about convulsions in psychoanalytic institutions, from the lowest of human passions created by group relationships between psychoanalysts to the highest of scientific activities. Her views on institutions are reflected in her published works in which she distances herself from anthropomorphic considerations to propose a working method that places psychoanalysts and psychoanalysis at the center of conversions. Manuela Utria Robles has been editor of the Journal of the Madrid Psychoanalytical Association. European representative of the board of IPA, representative of the European Psychoanalytical Federation in the Federation of Psychoanalytic Society of Latin America and president of the Madrid Psychoanalytical Association. Please check the details of the episode to find more information about the author and to stay informed about the latest podcast releases, please sign up today. This episode is read by Marie Garcia. Convulsions in Psychoanalytical Institutions, from the lowest to the highest. With this title, I would like to address some questions related to psychoanalytic institutions, a subject that I have been studying for years, so I will have to summarize the contents. In Psychic Participation and Perversions, Freud tells us, Perhaps it is precisely in the most horrible perversions that the maximum psychic participation in the transformation of the sexual instinct can be recognized. A mental labor is produced here which, despite its frightening results, the quality of an idealization of instinct cannot be denied. The omnipotence of love is perhaps nowhere shown as energetic as in these aberrations. The highest and the lowest are more intimately and energetically brought together than anywhere else as in sexuality. From heaven, through the world, to hell. Goethe. Faust. These are expressions which in turn come from Dante, as we all know but Dante himself considers Virgil his teacher and his inspiration. Of course, he is referring to the Aeneid. The Aeneid begins by invoking the muse to reveal why there is so much resentment in human souls. In some works I have added, so much anger, so much hatred, so much aggressiveness. In the course of the Aeneid, these questions seem to be revealed, questions that we can also ask when trying to describe that great adventure that is psychoanalysis. When trying to think about psychoanalytic institutions, I cannot help but refer to the psychoanalytic clinic from Freud's perspective on the lowest and the highest for one simple reason. Because in our institutions, we go from the hells created by our passions to the heavens of research. I will start with heaven to affirm my position, considering that psychoanalytic practice, also called a session, is the exponent of the scientificity of psychoanalysis. Although many deny this evidence, if we consult the works that define the sciences, such as those of Rubinstein, Perrin, and Bachelard, taking into account their types, methods, and models, their classifications, and their requirements, 
We deduce that each and every one of the requirements is reproduced in each session to consider it as an act of research. The requirements set out by Francis Bacon are induction, observation, hypothesis statement, verification by relativizing. This is an essential parameter because it fits the definition of science, critical reasoning and development, which requires doubt. Thesis statement, when substantial data is obtained, and above all, contrast the findings to modify the results with new hypotheses. If by induction observation we understand listening, floating attention, neutrality, and free association, by hypothesis, the doubts that arise after formulating an interpretation or a construction, by restating, the reflections that accompany the latent content, by thesis, associations based on our theories, by restating the findings of the psychic changes of the mental transformations, and by contrast, the exposition of a work on a topic to be discussed by other psychoanalysts. I believe that we could not deny the scientific value of this activity. As the authors cited describe it, each science has its own types and models. For example, we cannot do scientific research in psychoanalysis, which is a human science, with types and models used in the natural sciences. Confucianism, wanting to do research with other models, has led the IPA to promote what have been called research fallacies. Fallacies because, as in the case of Bacon, it is not a matter of researching the psychoanalytic process itself, but of convincing the authorities that psychoanalysis is scientific. This purpose is anti-analytical and constitutes a deception, since the methods used, recordings of sessions, films, etc., are procedures that have nothing to do with psychoanalysis. We could even speak of fetishization, that is, transforming psychoanalysis into a devitalized object. I will not expand on this topic now to specify that the existence of psychoanalytic institutions derives precisely from the need to contrast psychoanalytic experiences with other colleagues and professionals. For example, during a Congress where theoretical works supported by psychoanalysis sessions are presented, multiple details are debated, discussed, and elaborated. It is an activity recognized as scientific. And to organize these activities, you need to create structures, placing them in precise places called institutions, psychoanalytic societies, associations, federations, all organized by a central one called the IPA. We have reached the highest point, whose treasure contains three slopes, as in the great epics, maintain, develop, and spread psychoanalysis. Three premises that govern all scientific activities. The organization of these activities is very complex and requires a series of works distributed at different levels, an organization that we find in all psychoanalytic societies, chairmanship, sectors, and varied commissions according to scientific and training activities. Suddenly, as at the beginning of these reflections, we are plunging into the lowest, from Dante to Faust, from Faust to Freud. When an observer verifies everything that happens in these institutions, he imagines convulsing. Maintaining psychoanalysis transforms itself by devitalizing it into relentless struggles disguised as fanatical theories to maintain power, the idealizations associated with omnipotence, fierce rivalries, and corrupt ambitions. Many scholars explain it with phenomena and group dynamics. It seems obvious, when individuals come together without having well-specified tasks, they project fantasies originated by large childhood regressions. The functioning of many groups becomes chaotic. To an outside observer, they seem to be psychotic and perverse processes. Anthony, Folks, Case, Bejarano, Grimberg, Rodriguez, 
Bion, Pichon-Rivier, Blager, among others, each one according to their theorizations, break down the details of the so-called group and institutional dynamics. They're institutional because they have been instituted, that is, repeated and ritualized, without being able to question their structures, organization, models, etc. The main models on which scientific institutions have relied have, in my opinion, created quite a bit of confusion. The family model leads us to think that a psychoanalytic society is a great family, an error that carries many fantasies. From the performances of children of the primitive horde to the idealizations of power maintained by hierarchies. Under these fantasies, the categorization of associate members, full members, those with teaching duties, instead of being research achievements, work values, for example, to obtain them, you need to do work that will be discussed and voted on, effort, and above all, experience and acquisition of competitions, are understood as political promotions, valuing the submission to the institution, the alliances of brotherhoods, and other fantasies of family origin. Another model, according to my descriptions, has been political, creating parties in the form of theoretical groups that will fight to dominate. Fantasies that chairpersons should ensure the well-being of the population, i.e. the member group, distributing positions of responsibility, proceeding as in politics to hide certain problems, maintaining misinformation, which, as we know, is a weapon at the service of the dominant power. In some works, I have divided power into two parts, the power to dominate and the power to transmit. In the politicization of psychoanalysis, it is about the power to dominate, and, in scientific activity, the power to transmit. In reality, if we are convinced that the organization of psychoanalytic institutions obeys their essential scientific purpose, the names would change for coordinators, organizers, directors, etc. Instead of thinking in terms of population, we would think in terms of work groups, how they are organized and developed, and the requirements that work groups demand, such as prior training before occupying positions of responsibility and creation of fantasies of omnipotence. In this sense, it is surprising to note that, having to work in groups, structures for this training are not organized, while those of us who have practiced group methods have realized their absolute necessity. But here I do not wish to enter into the controversy of the harmfulness of institutions, because I think that, to a greater or lesser degree, all psychoanalysts unconsciously participate in that indiscriminate magma, as Blager would say. We all participate, until certain suffering, anguish, depression, tears, and other reactions indicate to us that it is necessary to elaborate on what happens and why it happens. In other books on the subject, I propose a production method based on three parameters, the means at our disposal, the conditions in which we carry out our work, and the purposes we pursue. This method, which is already used by others like Giovanni Foresti in Italy, allows us to position ourselves position ourselves as psychoanalysts in psychoanalysis sessions, and to place ourselves within the institutions. When talking about the media, it is an exercise in self-analysis, where we ask ourselves if our theories really come from our clinical experience, or if they obey our messianic wishes to repair everything. For example, if we think that patients suffer because they lack the ability to think, the ability to love because they have received neither one nor the other in their childhood, we will tend to want to repair them. The more we try to repair, the more we convince them that they are deficient. If we think that patients are traumatized by pathological relationships in their environment, we would also have to repair what is damaged, victimizing them, plunging into an attitude of messianic omnipotence, as Bion has described. 
It is what I call the tragedy of traumatic victimhood, which most likely stems from an unconscious countertransference fantasy. But if we position ourselves as researchers of psychic processes, we will gradually clear paths full of resistance and repetition compulsions. Investigators of our own psychic processes and researchers of what patients transmit to us. Thinking about the conditions in which we do our work is trying to become aware that the same thoughts do not emerge in certain situations as in others. I have called the need to contextualize our work situational study, a subject that is highly complex, so I cannot address it at this time. Ultimately, I understand all the psychoanalytic work that is carried out in session, be it interpretive, communicative, lifting of repression, or subjectivation. Putting these three parameters in relation, I believe that we come to better understand the paths of our research carried out with all the humility that our practice demands. As the song says, there are loves that kill. I do not think that the muse of Virgil has answered us, although it seems implicit that we all want to be protagonists, the first and most valued, the gods who, because they are exclusively loved, can act as gods. I hope that the love for psychoanalysis that all psychoanalysts share comes from where our theories come from. Instead of killing us by indiscriminate institutional processes, inbreeding, and narcissism, it continues on as an Olympic torch of light and creativity that strengthens our identity. Mm -hmm.